how do you parent your children? Today on Life Talks, we're going to be talking about different styles of parenting. We are uh, starting a new series at our church at Life Fellowship called Legacy Planning, and we're going to be asking our congregation to give us lots of questions regarding uh, parenting, child rearing, all kinds of things. And uh, so this is one of the questions or one of the issues that we're going to be dealing with, kind of a foundational episode, Dan. Uh, you are Dan. I'm Ben. We're here at, uh, at at a church called Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. And uh, you know what else I forgot to announce, Dan? We we have an actual email. Oh, did you know that? No, I did not know that. We, if you want to get in touch with us, we, you can now email us at lifetalks at lifecharlotte.com. That's a very original name. <laughs> <laughs> lifetalks at lifecharlotte.com. So right. uh, if you have questions, if you have ideas, we have tons. I mean, Dan, we probably have, from people that we've already talked to, we probably have like 10 or 12 ideas for episodes yep. right now. And uh, so, but hey, keep, keep them coming. We love this kind of stuff. Um, Dan, you you brought this idea up, and tell me kind of the catalyst behind your thinking of of this. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I think in lists, and and it's easy to categorize things. This is this is not the end all of of lists yeah. on parenting styles, and and so forth. But this is four primary parenting styles. Actually, it's it's four with one of them having two parts. Uh, but but the idea is, I think all of us need to understand that we're pre-programmed, some by our environment, some mm-hmm. by our personality, some by our experiences, um, to, to approach parenting in a variety of ways. Yeah. The other thing some of us have a tendency to do is we have a preferred method that we like to use and we like to think that we use, but mm-hmm. we also have a default method yeah. Yeah. that we use whenever we're stressed and tired, which is 99.9% <laughs> of the time. So yes, it's not like there's like this perfect ideal situation. You know, right. there's that very famous quote that Mike Tyson said that everyone has a plan until they get smacked in the face or punched in the face. And in reality, and that's what parenting is parenting, constantly you're, getting you're, smacked you're in the face, constantly getting punched in the face because <laughs> you're planned. You're, you know, it's like you go to these, you go to these seminars where it's like in the, in the, the experts up front and, and they have all these wonderful stories and yeah. you're taking notes. You're like, this is going to be so, you look at your, your, your spouse and you're holding hands. You're looking at each other. like, we're going to do this. We're going to succeed. <laughs> and you go back home and it's like, whack, 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 whack. Right. And the kids are like, I didn't go to that seminar, so I don't care. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I'm always amused when I go to Disney World, and, and it's been years since I've been there, but you know, about 2 o'clock in the afternoon is when the kids start having oh, just yeah. mass meltdowns. <laughs> and, and you're looking at these parents who are just absolutely like, and their kids are throwing themselves on the pavement, and they're kicking and fighting, and I hate you. And, you, and they're like, we saved up for two years to be here at this moment. I spent thousands of dollars for this moment. <laughs> but uh, that, that's, that is the life of parenting. So, so walk us through uh, these, these different ways. Let me just back up. You said what, what goes into these different models is your own experience. It's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the environment it might be personality. And I think mm-hmm. that's really astute because I think nobody walks into your marriage or to have, you know, in parenting with a blank slate. No. You you come with a predetermined list of ideals and convictions and uh, ideas of what you think success in is going to look like as a parent. And it's really important that you and your spouse really are on the same page for those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but all of us could identify with probably one of these 
Yes, I, I think for the most part, and there's there's probably since I first developed this list years ago, you know, there's another element that adds to it, and that's kind of like the social media internet mm. version of parenting. <clears throat> From time to time, there'll be a fad sweep across, you know, oh, YouTube or yes. TikTok or whatever. Uh, you know, one of them was free range parenting. I remember free range uh, parenting. You know, but uh, t today, you know, and all those kids are in jail right now. <laughs> probably, <so. laughs> just I don't yeah. know. But and and you know. It, it, it's like, you know, nobody used to do the reveal parties until they started putting them up on, on social media. Now right. everybody does. Yeah. I'm so glad that I got all of this over with before all the internet hit. But, <laughs> um, and now, and, and first birthday parties, you know, your kid's not going to remember his first birthday party. And, and all those videos you took, you're never going to look at them. I know. But, but the reality is we feel pressure to do it and post them because everybody else does. Yeah. I, I think we need to be aware of that tendency mm -hmm. because it will leave you feeling empty and frustrated all the time because you'll never be as good a parent as the carefully edited and manicured one that you will see played out on your internet feed. Or yeah. Your, I mean, your so, media so, feed. so maybe what we're saying is um, there's a, maybe the first one that we're dealing with today is, is the, the faux parent. It's the <laughs> yes, idea that there's, right. there's a, there's a false reality of what people are projecting on social media and things that really do not exist. And I, yeah. I mean, there's been scores of examples that have, that have transpired over articles, blogs of people that have uh, had great followings online and then behind the curtain, it was a completely different story. That's true. And I, and I think even if you could pull it off, I think there's a danger that we may not be aware of, and that is over-parenting. Hmm. And, and the reality is some parents are, you know, they're very disciplined, they're very organized people, but at, at, at some point, your kid's going to have to wake up to the realization that he's not the center of the universe. He may mm. be the center of your universe, but you're going to have to wean him or her off of that because, you know, not everybody's going to celebrate every victory and not everybody's going to, not everybody's going to uh, be there to soothe every defeat that comes into your That's kid's right. life. The reality is that part of growing up is learning to navigate the, you know, the nuances of life and the and the tragedies and the difficulties of life. Okay, I've got a I've got a story to sidetrack us. Okay, already I love it. Okay, so so um, one of the things that Sage and I, my one son, we we kind of went in together and to get the the Daily Wire Plus. It's Ben Shapiro's group, and and the reason we did is because we wanted we both are huge Jordan Peterson fans. We love listening to Jordan Peterson, and Jordan Peterson has a uh, series on the Book of Exodus where he's got biblical scholars, some Jewish, some evangelical, all over the place, and they just discuss. They just read through the book of Exodus and talk about it. It's really a fascinating, um, enjoyable learning experience. And so we watched the first episode together over break. And one of the things that I can't remember where it, we were in the book of Exodus, but one of the, they had, he had a professor on there that taught on religion on from Cambridge University. And he talked about this generation of young people that's going to college. He said, there was a young person crossing a street um, and you know, a tragedy, a car hit them and and killed them. Mm. And many of the <clears throat> students could not handle it emotionally. And he said, because their parents had shielded them from going to any funerals or experiencing any disappointment or any heartache or any pain because they felt like they they didn't want anything negative to come into their mm -hmm. life. So now they walk into the real, real world, 18, 19, 20-year-olds, and they've never gone to a funeral. And they don't mm. know how to process someone and no one that that most of them didn't even know but there was a death on campus and it was like meltdown emotions yeah. for kids they couldn't handle pain like that and i'm just like 
whoa, I mean, I heard that story and it resonated with me to say there is a value system that parents are shielding and protecting kids from experiencing life that is is can lead to, to very dangerous consequences. Yeah, and that's a major issue, death and life, mm-hmm. which ought to be, I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, we find a dead bird, we would have a funeral service and, you know, put flowers <laughs> around it, bury it in a box. And, but that, and that sounds really, you know, trite and silly, but actually it was an introduction to death. You know, yeah. when your first pet dies, yes, yes, you don't necessarily. It's not necessarily a good idea to say, "Well, um, they're at they're they're at a farm in the country, but here's a new puppy," <laughs> without helping them process yes. that. But you know, and that that's true. Life has injustices in it. Sometimes they're going to be punished unfairly for yeah. the sins of others. That's right. If if you go and fight these battles at school for them, they're never going to learn to navigate how to get over injustice. That's right. How, uh, you know, being treated with a lack of justice will help you hopefully become more interested in giving others justice. That's right. It's part of the growing up. And I think this is, as we talk about these parenting styles, it's going to be very important. The other thing I think it's important to note is you didn't have to grow up in a perfect home. That's right. I think all of us at some time looked at our parents and thought, this, is, this isn't this is fair. This stinks. <laughs> You're out of control. And then you kind of in the back of your mind, well, my, when I have kids, yeah. I'm not going to yell at them. And then we do. You know, or I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that word. And then we do. Um, the, the reality is though that, that part of parenting is that we learn from the mistakes of our That's parents right. and we try not to repeat them. Yeah. That isn't justification for poor parenting, no. but it is the reality that there is no such thing as perfect parents. There's always, every, I've always said this, every family is dysfunctional. A- absolutely. And so you just have to decide. You just have to figure out how much dysfunction your family actually has. Yeah. You and, know what I mean? And every person has a portion of their life that's an absolute dumpster fire. <laughs> yes. And, and, and yes. it ought to get, help us to to give grace, extend grace, but also to, um, you know, to help navigate our own dumpster right. fires yeah. and maybe be patient with other people yeah. more than we have a tendency to. Absolutely. All right. So walk us through... Um, the, the styles of parenting. I know we only have like 11 minutes left. We've already talked half the time, but sure. let's, let's. Okay. So the, the first one I want to address is the passive parent. So the mm. passive parent is the one who has kids because they wanted kids, but they're not proactively parenting mm. them. Um, the, the passive parent um, can, can kind of be the person who's just like, well, I'm going to let my wife handle that. Or I'm going to let my husband handle that. Or I'm going to let the school teacher handle that. And, and so they, they kind of have a hands-off approach. We don't see this as much as we once did, but in certain levels of society and in certain parts of our culture, it is, it is very common. This can also come from the fact if you have a large family. Uh, mm. You know, and, and the, the joke is always the firstborn child gets three hours naps and three hour naps and the best of everything. Yeah. And by the time you have your sixth kid, they're sleeping in a cardboard box and they're eating Cheerios out from underneath the couch. <laughs> we, we understand there is that tendency, but that can be true also in how we train and 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 parent our children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in that, as we get older and as life becomes more complicated, we become more passive. Yeah. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that yeah. one. I'll move to the next one, which this one. I'm going to use the letter P again, but there's two extremes to this one. One is the permissive parent. The other side of that coin is the overprotective parent. Okay. So the permissive parent is kind of like, just explore. We just, we're not going to live with rules. Like no, saying no is a sin almost. Uh, Yeah. Um, And 
<laughs> they enroll their kids in the Montessori school. <laughs> so the Montessori, you know, method of teaching is kind of like, you know, we don't follow a prescribed You just discover just, what discover you want to learn. And, and so, yeah. so there's, there's a, a but the, you know, the world does not function that way. No. And we do our kids a disservice if mm-hmm. we don't introduce them to, to some structure and tell them no mm-hmm. every once in a while. Yeah. Um, and, and set boundaries for them. Um, the other side of that though, is the overprotective parent who walks around with a little pillow so that their little bum doesn't get bruised right. ever by a stumble. Uh, they, 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 they fight every battle for them. Mm. Um, they, you know, my, my, my mother, every once in a while, my sister and I'd be going at it. Um, rather than solve the problem, she would say, you two solve this problem and you got 10 minutes to do it. Otherwise, I'm going to come in and I'll solve it and both of you are going to be crying when I get done. <laughs> now you say, well, that sounded really harsh. No. Um, bottom line is we learn to work it out yeah. um, simply because my my mother wasn't going to come in and, and become judge and, and jury. Because sometimes litigating every single conflict that your kids have is mm-hmm. exhausting. It is you exhausting. Know? And you, you rob them of the skill that they need to be able to solve their own problems, to yeah. work through conflict. That's right. Um, and to do so, you know, you know, if I smacked my sister, everything was gone. Yeah. And because yeah. in my house, we had a rule that boys never Absolutely. touched women yeah. uh, in, in any kind of violence or, right. or anything like that. And so, yeah, everybody would have got, the world would have come to a stop and there would have been big consequences. But in order of... of Working out who gets to play with the toy next or who gets to, you know, ride the cool bicycle or or whatever, those kind of things ought to be able to be worked out without the parent coming in and saying, okay, do you get it for 10 minutes? I get 10 minutes. I'm going to set a timer. Sometimes that's necessary to keep bloodshed out of the picture. Other times it's good. You two solve this or nobody's riding the bike. That's right. Or nobody's playing with the toy. Yeah, yeah. So good. that overprotective, and, and that includes the same, like, um, there are times when you, you need not go to the teacher. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I remember, you know, I, I'm sure I, I sound like an old man now. I know this, but when I, when I grew up, um, (laughs) when I grew up, if I got in trouble at school, I got in trouble at home. That is, that is, that is not, that is not necessarily the same standard by which most parents operate. If you got in trouble at school now, it's like, well, I'm going to call that teacher. I remember one time I got severely, I can't remember I've shared the story on, uh, life talks before, but. There was a massive issue of injustice that I experienced at one at school. Just, just the teacher didn't like me, and I went home. I mean, I was incensed. I went home and I told my dad, like, "Listen to this injustice I experienced," <laughs> and he was like, "Well, that will that will strong that'll make you stronger." I'm glad you went through that, and I'm like, <laughs> "Thanks dad, for having my back, Dad." Like, Dad, come on. He's like, "No, I'm serious." He's like, "That's good. Good for you. Experience it now." Yeah. So you know what life is going to be like, and I'm like, I want him to fight for me. Yeah. You know, and and maybe there are there are times there are when you times, should. And I had a similar experience where my dad literally went to the principal's office with me. Mm-hmm. It was a case of injustice. I handled it poorly, mm-hmm. so I was at wrong too. Yeah. But I was responding as a child yeah. to an, something was wrong, and when and the penalty stayed, they did not back yeah. off. So my dad took me out afterwards and looked at me, and he goes, "Well, you're you know this is the penalty, and this is what you're going to have to pay." And he said, I don't want you to ever act this way again. And then he said, and I'm really proud of you for the way that you, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> so he let me know that, that even I, in the injustice, w- there's a way to handle it. Absolutely. If your kid's health or well-being is at stake, obviously stick up for him. But right. I think sometimes it's just like when you're treated unfairly and, you know, what are you going to do? Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, so I think teaching your kids how to handle disappointment and injustice to say – 
you can't always control that the people around you, above you, will always do the right thing. But how you respond, you will. that's what you are responsible for. Yeah. And that's the only thing you're responsible for. And right. I think kids need to learn those kinds of things from their parents. Right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to combine the last two, but let me review. The, so the, we have the passive parent, then we have the permissive slash protective parent. Mm-hmm. The, the last two start with A. And they're very similar, and this is particularly that area where it can be the default setting versus mm-hmm. the ideal setting, but it is authoritarian versus authoritative. Mm. Good parenting needs to be authoritative. Authoritative mm-hmm. parents provide security to their children. Mm-hmm. They provide structure to their thinking. Again, remember, the reason why parents are important is because kids are not equipped to make good decisions all the time by themselves. Yeah. It is your job to help teach them those, those higher order thinking skills. But how we do it can become a matter of tone and strategy and methodology. Mm. And that's the difference between authoritative and authoritarian. Mm-hmm. So an authoritarian is going to, is going to speak so with so much authority and so there's a threat behind it yeah. there's there's a um there's an intimidation behind it um why am i doing this because i said so uh and if you don't this will be the consequences yeah. so that's authoritarian mm-hmm. um and, and and again think of the difference between um a dictator and and a wise president yeah. or a wise leader, the you you do need to use persuasion. You need to new, use rationale and reason. Now there are sometimes when the, even the wise president has to say, you know, this is the way it's going to be. You may not like it. It may be painful for a while. But this is what's but best this, for this is what's best yeah. for for our country. Right. And there may be times we say, you're not going to like this. You're going to be upset. Um, you may melt down for a few moments, but this is the way it's going to be because it's best for you and it's best for our family. But the person who says, I don't give a rip about what you think. I don't care about your feelings. This yeah. is the way it's going to be. If you don't like it, there's the road. Hit it. Yeah. The, it's it's a tone difference, but it also belies maybe a level of impatience or even a lack of love that can have negative ramifications for your relationship down the road. That's right. And so, you know, the golden rule often comes to play on this. How do you like people to treat you? How would you like to be treated at work? Mm -hmm. How did you like to be treated when you were in school? Even how did your parents treat you? You and I both had at least one of our parents who were more authoritarian. Mm -hmm. um, And, and, in our home, in my home, I could be that way. That was my default setting. Mm-hmm. So often, if Dad was having a good day, and Dad, you know, the you know the birds were singing and butterflies were landing <laughs> on my nose, uh, I was just the most patient, you know, and I was always authoritative because I'm a Type yeah. A type of guy. But I was always, you know, I was large and in charge. Mm-hmm. But if Dad was having a bad day, if the kids were super cranky or whatever, I could be a monster. I could be mm-hmm. a shark. Mm-hmm. I could be, um, you know, sometimes I attach animals to these. It's different between being a shark and an owl. Mm. Um, um, they're both authoritative, but one relies on wisdom. The other relies on intimidation mm-hmm. and brute strength. Mm. So, um, and, and again, the wise parent has to constantly be listening for feedback from his spouse or her spouse and also from the children and how other people respond to you. If your child is responding with anger, rebellion, or with absolute fear and terror, that's not a good thing. Absolutely. And that may be because you're coming across authoritative. Yeah. Half the kids will respond with rebellion. Mm-hmm. The other half will respond with terror. Yeah. But any that look in their eyes ought to be a, a warning to you that you may need to change tactics. Um, you should be able to express your authority without damaging your child. Absolutely. And I think one of the things, those are some great points. I think the thing, when I think about an authoritarian, I think about someone who, at the end of the day, everything is always about them. 
Oh, that's a good point. You know what I mean? It's 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 really they're very insecure, and so anything that is perceived as a slight in public towards what they look like to other people, mm-hmm. it really you know he'll take it out or she'll take it out on the kids mm-hmm. because you know you made me look bad, therefore you're gonna get it. Well, mm-hmm. you know where's your where's your compassion? You know the mm-hmm. the authoritative parent is going to think about everyone. And how everyone thinks and how everyone feels. They're going to look at the collective and they're going to look at the individuals and under and have understanding and, and realize, you know, I need to be in charge. But there, there are times when I need to, you know, use use a very soft hand and sometimes I need a firm hand. But but I'm never – it's never about me. It's yeah. never about how I look. And I think that's, that's a, a great thing. That's one of the things that came to my mind. So, you know, one of the things, Dan, it's interesting. I know we only got a few moments left, but – I think as you went through this list, I think there it's interesting because there are some parents, you know, you might have a couple as they're as they're leading children, they might um, there might be two different kinds of parenting styles in the same home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you, there might be a permissive parent and overprotective parent that are that are married, and there's all kinds of conflict. And I think you've got to really have conversations. I think the other thing, just to acknowledge this, is all the single parent families out there that, you know, if you're a single parent listening to this, or maybe you have a spouse who's just completely disengaged, or you are your spouse that has Christian ideals and values and your spouse doesn't, you know, these are all things that that go into this issue that I think um, are hard to navigate. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's one thing to have if you are husband and wife and you're a team as parents, but there's a whole lot of parents who have to navigate this alone. And what I would say to them is, you know, just know that God is there for you. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and, and quite frankly, I've written down three more episodes in, yes. in your last uh, 90 seconds here. <laughs> and, and t- talking about parenting as a single parent is uh-huh. going to be important. Absolutely. I also think that, um, how do you work through conflict and parenting approaches with your spouse? Yeah. That's a whole episode right there. And whole we'll, we'll hit that one eventually yeah. as well. The other one we're going to want to do is, uh, because you said something about, strong hand versus weak hand. Let's talk about corporal punishment in one of our episodes as well, mm. uh, because and maybe we'll do that a debate one. Yeah. But um, the, these are important things. And, uh, you know, as we're closing out here again, this is a complex issue. That's Every right. family is different. And by the way, your children are going to respond in different ways. What works for one child won't work for the next. What works in one home doesn't work for the next. What one parent is able to pull off, another parent isn't. Don't be discouraged. Um, you know, we're going to give you a ton of ideas as we continue this series. Um, and, and by the way, if you get a chance and you're listening to this as recently, um, come to, come to our services and listen to mm-hmm. this legacy planning series as we teach through Deuteronomy chapter six. I, um, and we're all in this together. We That's need right. teamwork. And, uh, and so let's form partnerships that'll help us be more effective as we parent our kids. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I hope this has been an encouraging, a beneficial uh, Life Talks episode for you. Um, thanks again for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.